but you can. And I'm kind of going to talk about that a little bit today, about, about this, this, this topic of growing up, about spiritual maturity. We've been kind of stepping on toes the last couple of weeks, if you've noticed, and, and it's just where the Lord is kind of guiding us. Don't you know that we all need to grow up? I think the biggest problem that we have in the church today is, is the lack of spiritual maturity. Uh, there, there's just people that we get into all kinds of trouble because of the immature things that we say. Can I get a witness? Right. About the immature things that we do, but the immature decisions that we make. We, we need to become spiritually mature. We, we need to grow. Tell your neighbor this message is for you. Because <laughs> it can't be for me. I'm a grown up already, right? And I know some of you are already tuning me out a little bit like this cartoon I want to show you. Basically, it comes down to your lack of maturity and your refusal to deal with the problem. I can't hear you. So many people in the church today, we start talking on topics like this. A couple weeks was managing your mouth. Some of you are like, I didn't hear a word you said, Pastor. I don't know. Your microphone must be cut out. It must be broken. Yeah, I know. Did you know that it's God's will for every Christian to mature spiritually? It really is. Let me let me show you this text in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. The Bible says, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Period. We are to grow in grace and in knowledge. Two things that are required to become mature Christians, right? When we were growing up and going to school, we went to school to learn, right? As part of, well, yeah, when I went to school, we learned something. I don't know what they're doing these days. Common core. As a matter of fact, Paul gets a little personal with the Corinthians, and he tells them, basically, he's calling them, you guys are a bunch of babies, and it's time to grow up. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. He said, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now are still not able, for you are still carnal. <laughs> for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Listen, when we start acting like everybody else around us, you know you are who your friends are. You will act like who you hang out with. Huh? If you hang out in a barbershop long enough, you're probably going to get a haircut. <laughs> if you're a recovering alcoholic and you're going to the bars to minister, stop it! Stop it! Cut it out! That didn't work very well. Let me pray before we go any farther. Father, one more time today, I, I ask for your anointing in this room. On my lips, on our ears, on our hearts, that that we'd be open, that the word of God would go forth from me today, Lord, from your Bible, and it would accomplish that what it was written to accomplish, to change our life, to cut through bone and marrow, to get through the calluses of our heart, and to make us pliable and teachable of the things of God. In Jesus' name, and can everybody, humor me, everybody say amen. amen. Thank you. You guys are here. I knew I'd get your attention eventually. Paul tells the Corinthians, hey, it's time to grow up. And we need to grow up, too, because spiritual immaturity gets us into all kinds of trouble. Can I get a witness? Amen. 
three of us over here get into trouble. I'm going to follow the rest of you around to see what kind of trouble you're not getting into. God's will for your life is spiritual maturity, and one of the jobs of the church, one of my responsibility, one of the leadership team's responsibility here, is to help you to grow up and do the things of the Lord. Amen? Amen. So that's why we don't shy away from topics like this. We just want to, can we just tell it like it is? Yes. Are you guys okay? You know I'm not mad at anybody. You know I'm not singling anybody out unless I call your name like Pastor Stewart. Right? <laughs> you know, I have very, very rarely have I ever called somebody out in service and said, You're the guy I'm preaching to. I don't think I've ever done that, actually. The Holy Spirit does that to a lot. Uh, he's talking to me. He read my mail. So I want you to do this. I want you to close out your Facebook app, your Twitter app. Your Instagram apps, okay? Because I know what you guys do when I'm preaching sometimes. <laughs> and I want you to pay attention to the Word of God today. So what is spiritual maturity? Let me start out by telling you what it's not. Number one, it's not about age. Spiritual maturity is not about age. Listen, it does take time to grow up. It takes energy and it takes a lot of effort. You don't just get saved and all of a sudden you're mature. <laughs> Salvation is instantaneous. Maturity is a process. No one ever becomes spiritually mature overnight, not even Jesus. As Jesus grew, he grew up as well. Listen to Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. And even Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. Born, the Son of God in the flesh, had to grow in wisdom and stature. And in the faith, to receive the favor of God in men. Listen, if Jesus had to do it, I don't think I'm disqualified from having to do it as well. And if anybody in this room thinks they don't have to, you just put yourself a little bit under Jesus, and I don't want to be around you when the lightning bolt strikes. Amen? <laughs> you know, it right down the middle. Boom. Listen, you can get older, but you can never, some people never grow up spiritually. It's like that bumper sticker. You ever see it? I may be getting older, but I refuse to grow up. But a lot of people in the church do. I, I, and I'm not talking about having a childlike faith. I'm not. Listen, let me give somebody permission right now. Learn to have some fun. And if you don't know how, hang around with me because I'm a whole lot of fun. Huh? You think I'm this way just here? No, no. I'm like this. I'm even worse at home, okay? But some of you need to turn your, your, your crowns upside down. You know what I'm saying? Some of you need to get the joy of the Lord. Amen. It's unspeakable and full of glory. Some of you need to get your happy feet on. Whoa, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Go, go with us this year to FOMs during the Christmas decorating. Ask the berries and the lawns about that. I might go steal because we have so hard. But. So I'm not talking about always being but I am talking about growing up in the things of the Lord. I'm talking about being mature. Listen, listen to what Paul told the Corinthian church. Right after, listen, 1 Corinthians 13, you'll hear it at every wedding you go to. You hear it all the time in the church because it's the it's the love chapter, right? It's where Paul breaks down love, and it says the greatest of these is love. And then he says this, and when I was a child, I spoke as a child. 
I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Listen, we got to put some childish things away. It's time to grow up. Some Christians refuse to grow up. I know 50, 60, 70-year-old Christians who were the same as the day they got saved. Immature, not growing in the things of the Lord. So one, spiritual maturity is not about age. Number two, it's not about appearance. Oh, but you look so good. <laughs> Some people look so spiritually mature. They wear the, the crosses, and they have the buffer stickers, right? And they wear the suits and ties at church, not hair. Listen, listen, it ain't no fair now for us in the pastor. I'm just telling you right now, okay? <laughs> Some people know how to talk the talk, but they can't walk the walk. Matthew chapter 23, Jesus said this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautifully, beautiful outward, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. <clears throat> Some people look holy. Some people look like they have heaven hovering around them. But appearances can be deceiving. You. I told you, I'll point you out. If you front me, I'm going to point you out. You know, you know they say you can't judge a book by its cover? You can't. Spiritual is not spirituality is not about how a person looks or sounds. It's a it's a matter of what's taking place on the inside. God is in the process, listen, of transforming each and every one of us into the image of his very own son, Jesus Christ. That's the process of sanctification. That's the process of maturity, amen? Becoming more and more like Christ. And there are some habits we need to let go of. Can I get a witness? That we wouldn't see Jesus doing, now would we? If you think Jesus is going to walk into the Randall movie theater and sit back with a cold coat, I've got another story for you. I know, we're going to meddle again, right? Last week you beat up the smokers, this week I'm beating up the Randall movie watchers. I have to ask myself when I'm, when I'm contemplating something, would Jesus stay here with me while I'm doing this? <laughs> so it's it's not about age, it's not about appearance. Number three, it's it's not about achievement either. You can be recognized by all kinds of organizations. People can put you up on the biggest You can be the, the CEO of a of a multi-billion dollar company, but that doesn't make you spiritually mature. You can have all kinds of degrees and diplomas hanging off your wall. You could have gone to Harvard and, and UCLA and, and every high society school and, and graduated with honors, but that doesn't make you spiritually mature either. So what does make us spiritually mature? I'm glad that you asked me. It's all about character. Character. I really could have titled this character, but I wanted the, a gut punch sermon title. Amen. It's time to grow up. But character, character makes all the difference. D.L. Moody, you've heard this before. He says, character is who you are in the dark. But listen to this. Recognition is what people say about you. Character is what God knows about you. You got the difference? Amen. 
Recognition, people say things about you. Oh, he's such a swell guy, or she's such an amazing woman. But God knows who you are in the dark. He knows who you are when you're on the 515 freeway all by yourself. Uh, I know. Yeah. So spiritual maturity, here's number one. It is positive under pressure. People who are spiritually mature, they're positive under pressure. James chapter 1, verse 2, 2 through 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Listen, that one verse right there disqualifies many of us from being considered mature. Because we don't count it all joy when we fall into various trials. Verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces... But the let patience have its perfect word that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Two weeks ago, we talked about managing our mouth. Remember that one? We all went out of here with foot and mouth disease, right? <laughs> James told us that if we could control our tongue, if we could manage our mouth, that we're perfect. Now James is telling us that if, if we can gain patience through the testing of our faith, we are perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So control your tongue and, and, and be positive under pressure. And guess what? You're maturing in the things of the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't you want to be spiritually mature? Yes. He tells us to have a good attitude. He tells us, I know it's hard, family. I know it's hard. But he tells us to count it all joy when you fall into trials. We all have problems. We all have trials. We all have situations that are not good. How do you handle that stuff? How do you deal with being dealt a bad hand? Do your problems blow you out of the water? Do you get uptight? Do you grumble and gripe? Do you get nervous or negative? I'm not asking you these questions, Terry. I'm asking these people on this side. <laughs> You, you, you can know the Bible backward and forward if you can still be rude, crude, and obnoxious. What is your character like when everything's falling apart? Listen, the spiritually mature person is positive when they're under pressure. Number two, they're sensitive to other people. Spiritually mature people, they're sensitive to the needs of others. They, they care about other people. 1 John 3.17 says, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in these and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? How do you drive by, and I'm not saying you have to give to every homeless person on the corner, but how do you do it day in and day out, never being led of the Holy Spirit to help somebody out? How, how do you have the love of God in you? Because Jesus didn't do that. When Jesus walked through the streets and he saw someone in need, he stopped and he paid attention to him. Most of the time it was just a touch. It was just a loving touch from the master. Don't you know that's all a lot of people need? They might stand out there saying, hey, can I have some money? What they need is they need the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Is there anybody in this place willing to give up a little bit of love of Jesus Christ? Is there anybody in this place willing to save an 89101 zip code? Eh? Hey, now I'm from Australia, eh? I'll put those right there because that's going to make me preach better. I am so stinking excited. I can't even. I'm 
spiritually mature person is sensitive to the needs of people around them. They don't just look out for themselves, they look out for the welfare of others. Some people act like this. They act like God, God created them so that he could just bless them. You know people like that. You're sitting next to one of them. I'll tell you, I'm just kidding. No, God created us so that we could bless him and bless others as well. That's why you were created, to be a blessing to God and to bless others. God tells us that spiritual maturity is about loving and being concerned about others. Here's number three. Spiritual mature person is a peacemaker. We're peacemakers, not troublemakers. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers for what? They shall be called the sons and daughters of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Listen, if you are somebody who pursues peace, you are called a son or a daughter of God. Listen, I know that when you gave your life to Jesus, you became a son of God. You became a daughter of God. But if you want others to, to see you as a son and daughter of God, be a peacemaker. Yes. Don't be a troublemaker. Too many people in the church trying to stir up some trouble. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. James said it like this in verse uh, chapter 4, verse number 1. He said, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? I, I love the way the message reads. Look at this. Where do you think these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourself. That's us. That's our flesh. We want what we want, and we want it yesterday. Amen? I want what my flesh wants, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get it. And it's because we're carnal. It's because we're flesh. We're still, get yourself, you're still in your flesh. You will always fight that battle. When you think you've got the victory over it is when you've been defeated. Amen? When you think, oh, I got this. My flesh can't tempt me anymore. You're already done. You're already. When I see people get cocky about the flesh, I just start thinking, oh my God, don't hurt nobody in the process when you spiral downward. James is talking about conflicts and wars. He's saying when, when we fuss and we fight and we fume and we get angry, we want what we want. The question we need to ask ourselves is am I a peacemaker? Or am I a troublemaker? Do I argue? Do I debate? Do I and listen? There, there's healthy forms of arguing and debating. We should we should sharpen each other when we when we talk about the Word of God and there's different interpretations and, and we grow in those things. Amen. But don't be don't be mean. There's too many mean people. Well, this is the way it is. Really, really. So God came down from heaven while you were reading it. Yeah, you got this right, man. You got it right. Everybody else around you is wrong. You are right. Even if God did that, I got a white jacket for you. But even if God did that, it doesn't give you a right to be mean and rude and ugly. Paul said this, if it, if it is at all possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. So as much as it's possible, as much as it depends on you, be, be, listen, don't be a doormat. Paul's not saying be a doormat. Don't, don't be a, a whipping block. 
But Paul's saying, when it depends on you, if you can make peace, if you can be a peacemaker, you need to do that. Number, number four. Spiritual maturity is a... See, it's just because this word I'm about ready to say. <laughs> Patient person. Patient. Patient person. I'll help you. James chapter 5 says this, verse 7 and 8. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. So how long are we supposed to be patient? Until the Lord comes. Always. Not just today. Not just 10 minutes ago. Until the coming of the Lord. And then he gives us an illustration about how the farmer waits for his precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently until it receives the early and latter rains. You also be patient. So he's kind of painting this picture with this crazy word that we don't want to talk about. Can I tell you something? I know I'm yelling at you and I'm stepping on your toes, but this one's mine. If, if there's one of the five that I struggle with the most, it's this one. Well, you're all looking at me like, ooh. He's the best from the church. Yeah, I do. I do. Especially when I get in the car. We tried to go on vacation to the conference two Sundays ago. We left Las Vegas on a Sunday. Is that dumb or what? All right? Already, we already set ourselves up. And I told myself, I'm going to be patient. We're going to go the long way because the long the long way, the long way. The longs when they used to travel, they used to go up through searchlight backgrounds. I thought this is going to be good. It'll be a little extra, a little time. We won't have to traffic. As long as I'm moving, I'm happy. Of course, there's an accident going in the bulwark, right? <laughs> Two accidents going in the bulwark. It took me just as long as I went the other way. So God's like, I'll take you, patience. <laughs> The word patience used three times in this one verse. It tells me that patience is important. It, it's part of it's it's the area of my life that I'm I'm most working on right now, or I am probably the most immature in my walk. I'm just being transparent with you. We all are all you better all be working on something in your life. And if you can't own it, you can't tell people about it. If I don't tell you, how do I get made accountable about it? Huh? How do you, how do you check with me after health? How's your patience working when you're out on the on the 5.15 at 5 o'clock? It ain't going very well, I'll tell you, honestly. All right? I'm never leaving Las Vegas on a Sunday again. I'm telling you that right now, too, unless I'm going that way. I'm just saying. Don't even. Unless Monday's a holiday. That works, too. This is, they're, they're, he gave us this illustration about, about the farmer because it's probably one of the most patient occupations there is. Have to wait. And James is saying, look, you need to wait. You need to learn to wait. Listen, there, there's no such thing as an overnight crop. Anybody ever plant tomato seeds and the next day they have tomatoes on the line? No, it doesn't work that way. Even if you go to the store and buy the, the plant, you usually don't have tomato the next day. The same thing is true with us. We wait on God to answer our prayers, we, we wait for the miracle. We wait to see the hand of God. We wait for, for the calling of God on our life. We wait for the vision that's been... Some of you are still waiting for the vision. And, and some of you have been called by God to, to be involved in something. Can I tell you something? The time is now. Yes. Listen, if you've been waiting for an opportunity to serve and to get involved in a church, look, look at don't wait any longer, because Pastor Kerry and our heart is to release people, to train people and release them and see them. Man, I don't want to work, okay? 
I'd rather sit back and watch you guys get all the glory. I love that, Pastor. You're going to see a video next week. Bring your tissues because you're going to be snotting up the place, all right? Because this, this, this video of the East Side Saint, and you'll see what that means, is incredible. Incredible. And be, bring a gift. Be prepared. Next week, we're going to take our offering, our, our monthly offering for the food bank. And the food bank needs help. It's been in the red. We need to get in the black. I got a building payment now. Amen? We need to support our, our ministry, don't we? Amen. You three people, they're going to do all the work. I'm just, I'm just teasing you. You know I'm busting your chops. David said this, and I'm finishing up. i got one more point. He said this about, about patience. In, in Psalm 27, verse 14, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Here's the fifth thing. Spiritual mature person is a prayerful person. Man, we've got to spend time in prayer. We've got to spend time before the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Pray when things are good. Pray when things are bad. Pray in all things. Pray. Pray, pray, pray. James 5.16 said, The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Look at this in the message. It says, the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Listen, a person of prayer is, is a powerful tool that God uses, and it is an instrument that should not be reckoned with. And Satan knows that, man. You become a person of prayer, and I'll tell you what, Satan's going to back up a little bit, because he knows, that there, he knows that when you find out, when you find the power of God to move mountains in your life, Got quiet in here. Hallelujah. Praying is talking to God. It's making your request known. It's, it's petitioning Him. It's it's praising Him. It's opening your mouth. How many of you talk all the time? We talked about this two weeks. Some of you just don't stop talking. Well, do that to God. Yes. <laughs> if you spent more talk, time talking to God, maybe you wouldn't talk to us so much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm teasing. For you that are new here, you're like, oh, this guy, I don't know. He's mean. Those have been here a while, you know my humor. I'm just, I'm just busting your chops a little bit. But man, we, we spend so much time yakking, 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 but we need to talk to God and tell him what's on your heart. When we pray, we acknowledge that God has control in our lives. God is in control. He's in charge. He's large and in charge. Right, Pastor Tiny? Amen. It reminds me. It reminds me of this Old Testament prophet, Elijah. Man, I love Elijah. Uh, I don't know, between Elijah and Elisha, man, they're just awesome guys. But Elijah, he prayed one time that it would not rain for three and a half years, or that it would not rain. And guess what? It didn't rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed again that it would rain, and guess what? All the heavens opened up, and the floodgates started coming. Listen, God... Elijah was not manipulating God. He was acknowledging God and knew that God was in control of all things. When you look at a mountain, you say there is nothing that can move this. I'll tell you who can. God can move it. When you look at the situations in your life and you say nothing can change it, then stop speaking like that because I have a God who can change every circumstance and every situation in your life. Amen. He is more than able. 
See, those that are spiritually mature, they understand the power of God. And they understand there is not a mountain in hell that won't be moved when Jesus tells it to move. Amen. He understands that there's not a miracle on earth that can't happen when God speaks into a situation. He understands there's not a loved one who's lost too far gone. Amen. Listen, let me tell you a quick story right now. 20 years my dad was dead. Some of you have heard the story. 20 years he was dead. He died a drunk alcoholic, drank himself to death. Cirrhosis and gastritis of the letter. 20 years later, I'm doing my uncle's funeral, and my aunt says to me, Hey, Ronnie, did I... My name's Ronnie to her, not you. Hey, Ronnie, did I ever tell you about the night your dad called me 20 years ago? No, Aunt Jan, you didn't tell me. Oh, your daddy called me, and he said, I gave my life to Jesus today. I didn't know for 20 years that my father had given his life. He'd been dead for 20 years. And I found out 20 years later when I'm doing my uncle's memorial service that my dad came to the Lord. Listen, God is not done. There are things going on behind the scenes that you don't even know about that God is doing for you. And I'll tell you what motivates the hand of God is Prayer. Prayer. It's my last point, but it's the most important point. Without prayer, you'll never grow up. Without believing God for who He is, you'll never grow up. You'll never become the mature person that I know your heart desires. I know. I know that you want to stand in faith. I know that you want to be bold. I know that you want to be confident. But the enemy is beating you down. He's beating you down. He's beating you down. And some of you, you can't find the strength to get up anymore. Man, if that's you, would you stand right now? That was a liar. That was a liar. A child of God. Let me tell you something. You matter. God, God, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And we haven't talked much, and I know we came from disparity together, not together, but but listen to me. There is a purpose that God has for you. And he's about, I feel like he's just about ready to open up something. I don't, I don't know, I think you and your wife have been praying about something. And can I tell you, can I open, can I open up the box? God says yes. God says yes. I don't even know what that means. I have no idea what that means, but God says yes. He says, you know why? Because I love you. Because you're valuable to me. You know, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And the Holy Ghost in setting like this to encourage us and speak to our hearts to 
answer the questions that we've had before. I just want to, in closing, I just want to say um, I love you. And, and the Lord has us preaching this way right now because time is short, man. And, and, and He wouldn't let me preach this message in a, in a in a congregation that wasn't ready to receive it. You guys have been asking for this. You guys have been crying out to God, "I want more." You guys have been saying to the Lord, "I'm tired of." of useless religion. I'm tired of, of, of the mundane. I'm tired of the program. I'm tired of showing up and, 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 and the three songs and the offering and the worship. You're saying, God, we want more from you. God is responding to our prayers. There is a whole community that's dying and need a Savior. If you would say yes to Jesus today, would you stand there? Yes, yes to whatever he's asking. You already know the question he's asking. You already know what he's stirring in your heart. You already know the question that's been posed to you by him. Praise God. Every head bowed right now. Here in this room today, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you have, and it's just been a whirlwind. Maybe, maybe you question your salvation. Today, you want to renew that. Would you show me your hands? Say, Pastor, I want to pray. Is there any wrong? Praise God. Praise God. to the choir today. That's a good thing. Lord, we just, I don't know, can you dare to? After I say this prayer, to maybe recite it in your heart if you if you mean it. Break our heart for the things that break yours. Make me into the, the person of God you call me to be. Whatever I need to let go of today, God. Whatever, whatever I need to, to repent from today, Lord. Whatever ideas I need to let go of today. Whatever plans that I have made outside of your will, I need to release those to you. If you were bold enough to pray that and say that in your heart, there's something that's been created to happen in your mind. There's a maturity level coming to the house of God. We're not going to be so concerned about ourselves. We're going to be so concerned about a community that God's sending us to. I'm telling you what. Revival is already here. We are the presence of revival. There is a fire that is kindled. There is, there is a flame. It's not a hot coal anymore. There is a flame flickering in the house of God. So hold on to your seatbelts. It's going to get crazy. Crazy good. Put a blessing on you before we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, each one of us as we leave this place today, quicken our hearts points that you points you pointed out to us today, the things that you spoke to our hearts. For me, it's patience, Lord. Help me to work on my patience, Lord. For others, it's, it's loving others unconditionally. It's, 
it's it's saying yes to the kingdom. It's being more in prayer. It's, it's being more thankful for the things that we've been given. Let us have an amazing day today as we prepare, prepare our hearts to depart from this place. We are not departing from your presence. Just a building. Thank you for the new one. In Jesus' name.